welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to rest? Man, Hey, welcome back in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I am Jason Tiffin, half of your host team, along with Tom Sims. Tom, there's a little spoiler right here. I have already heard your voice, but say hello to the crowd. You sound much better. I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, buddy. Yes, sir. I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely are, man. I I mean, last week, you know, I would rate it as one of our worser podcasts ever. And we didn't have a lot to talk about because Bama and Auburn had both been off two weeks. But, man, I just – I felt bad for you, you know. And it just – you sounded terrible. And my brother-in-law's had it. He he had the couple of days where he sounded terrible. It's just – it's not a pleasant thing. But it is something that the majority of people, especially our age, are going to get over. So uh, – but, hey, glad to have you back. I called you Friday, and you sounded a ton better. And I can tell you got a pep in your step. Oh yes, the 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 pep is thriving, sir. Yeah, it's good to be back for sure. It was uh, definitely touch and go there for a while, but as a matter of fact, it was uh, it was one of those weekends where I finally felt good in the, in three weekends. But I def I didn't want to go anywhere. I wanted to just kind of hang out because I knew I needed to be back at work today. So I spent Saturday the first time in a while, actually sun up to sun down watching games so hey i'm i'm prepped i'm ready so what you're saying is we're probably going to run short on time probably that's what i'm hearing (laughs) (laughs) all right well considering that let's jump into the commentary all right and i i wrestled back and forth of what i wanted to do with this did i want to talk about ohio state struggling uh did i want to talk about georgia uh struggling with a an undermanned mississippi state but i decided to do this uh nick saban head coach of alabama he has done great things in college football and specifically the University of Alabama. He's got six national titles overall, five with Bama. He has avenged almost every loss the following year or, or following year the following matchup, you know, whether it's a couple years down the road or whatnot. You know, uh, Clemson beat us. He turns around and beats them. And, uh, and then what, I, what Georgia, <laughs> Georgia beat us in 07, then he hadn't lost since. You know, really, I think the only game that he has not avenged that he has had a chance to was Ole Miss. You know, he lost back-to-back years to Ole Miss, and, of course, we have beaten them ever since then. Uh, he, To me, one of the – two of the most impressive things, he has went to New Orleans and beat LSU for the national title. And not only that, we had to go down there in, what, I guess 11 months later – no, 10 months later, we had to go down to Baton Rouge. They had basically – a lot of the team back that they had, of course, they lost Tyron Matthew and some of them. But, you know, they were primed and ready for us, and we beat them again. You know, with A.J., that was the make a man miss, T.J. Yeldon screen pass. And, uh, but he, you know, went to New Orleans, and LSU's backyard beat them. Went to Georgia, and their backyard went to Atlanta and beat Georgia once for the national title, twice for conference titles. And, uh, but what? It's just for the giggle of it. Well, that wasn't in Atlanta, brother. 
I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> don't interrupt me while I'm on a row. I'm getting to the point. Sorry, point. sorry. This commentary. Sorry, sorry. Well, there's a point to all this. He's had one Achilles heel, and it is the Auburn Tigers, specifically led by Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn took over at Auburn in 2013. Since 2000, beginning in the 2013 year, Alabama has lost six conference games. I think I'm correct on this. I did uh, quickly quick research on this. In 13, they lost to Auburn. 14 and 15, of course, we lost to Ole Miss both years. 16 went undefeated in conference play. 17 lost to Auburn at Auburn. 18 undefeated again in regular season play. And then, of course, last year lost to LSU and Auburn. I don't know if you're really keeping up with that, but we have six losses. Auburn's three of them. And we have not beaten a good Auburn team at Auburn. You know, that's that's what they bang on right now is I think a nine-win Auburn team we've never beaten. And, of course, this year I'm kind of – I guess the commentary would be better served, uh, you know, 12 months from now, but I I didn't really have much to talk about. Uh, you know, this year's in Bryant-Denny, so it's not really going to count. Uh, that's going to be our game of the week, 24-and-a-half-point um, favorites in that one, Bama is. But I think that that is that is the cherry that is lacking on top of his regular season uh, ice cream sundae is beating a good Auburn team at Jordan-Hare. You know, he'll have a shot next year. I don't know what. I know Seth Williams will go pro. Uh, Bo Nix will be back. Tank Bigsby will be back. They're they're gonna have and their offensive line are mainly uh, underclassmen, and it's gonna be you know it's gonna set up next year. Auburn is a you know Auburn is a eight you know seven eight nine win football team uh, historically, and if they have you know eight wins and we go down there nine wins we go down there can we beat them? To me, that is the only thing. I mean, he's undefeated against Tennessee. Wow, that that is just. Uh, unheard of as long as he has coached but I really really want that crown jewel of beating a good Auburn team down at Jordan Hare yeah I mean you're not wrong and part of uh part of what's happened here too is that you know we harp on this all the time and I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse but if it's a close game Auburn gets lucky I mean, they just do. Yeah, they, yeah. And we do. We do not win close games down there. Uh, if it's close, huge advantage, Auburn. Huge advantage. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's the it's the uh, kick six. It's the pick six last year. It's uh, you know, it's it's some little crazy critical play that swings it one score. Uh, in their direction, and and it's always been the Achilles heel. And you're right; he just hadn't been able to overcome that. Now, when he wins, he wins big. Oh yeah, we don't win in a close one. You know, if it's close, advantage Auburn. If it's not close, we're on the good side of the not closeness, yeah. which is obviously preferable. But you raise a good point, and and you're right. And and I I would like to see that change. One of the problems with that is, is that Auburn has to hold up their end of the bargain. You never know what you're going to get year in and year out. Auburn's good about once every three years. And if it falls to a team that's we have to go down there and that once in three years, that'll be our opportunity. But, you know, how will they be next year? Jekyll or Hyde, we'll see. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I like your uh, – I like your comment there, and, and I, I agree. It, it will be an, a feather that he needs. 
One thing I left out before we move on to winners, and, and you you said something that jogged my memory. And it, it, I know we talk about Auburn luck, and if we have any Auburn listeners, I know they're sick and tired of hearing about it. But I, I challenge any listener to this right here. And I, I tell you what, I don't know that I won't put it out per conference. Auburn's last nine ball games. Okay, so the last nine stretches to Alabama last year, their bowl game last year, and then they've played seven games this year. And their last nine ball games, they have had three plays go over 100 yards. Okay, you know what that means? Because you can't snap <laughs> the ball from the negative two-yard line. That means they yeah. have been on defense or special teams. At Bama, uh, against Bama last year, they got a pick six for over 100 yards. Against Kentucky, they got a pick six for over 100 yards. Granted, it came back. But, I mean, we all remember the penalty, as Gus called it, the common sense penalty. Hey, listen, five years ago, that's not even a penalty. That's just a – that's yeah. just a, ooh, he got his clock cleaned. So, I mean, it, it's not like it was a block in the back that sprung the guy that – you know, it, it he he was going. And the guy just got a little selfish and wanted to make that sports center hit and did it and got pinched for it. And then uh, this past weekend, you know, Smoke uh, smoke Monday, over a 100-yard interception. I challenge you to find a conference – outside of the SEC, where you combine all their teams in the last nine games each team has played, I don't think you can find someone, a conference that's had three plays, scoring plays over 100 yards. Yeah, that's a great point, and I, I, and I tend to agree with you 100%. I think I would lay money on your side of that. Yep. All right, let's jump into winners uh, this week. We got Bama, we got Florida, we got Auburn, we got Cincinnati. Cincinnati, just a nod to them for uh, – uh, beating the 2015 national champs at their place always a tough uh, a tough get there but lead us off wherever you want to go tom <laughs> well uh that was the most disappointing 60 point win i've ever seen by my half um it, honestly they 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 look great on offense look great on defense and special teams but i just expected more when you win by 60 I expected Kentucky to have negative yards for the game. I expected Kentucky to be shut out in that one. I expected their coach to be fired at halftime, left on the tarmac, you know, things like that. And that didn't happen. It was just a ho-hum 60-point win. Uh, So uh, that was a little bit disappointing. Um, But all in all, I'll take it if you're going to – if you're gonna force a 60-pointer on me, I'll take it. Uh, it was against the SEC East, which is traditionally a lot easier team to play than an SEC West team. But uh, Kentucky uh, has Kentucky's not a bad team. I will say this though: I give, in all seriousness, I give Kentucky a lot of credit for actually taking the field Saturday because I think they had plenty of opportunity not to do that. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. if they wanted to not play that game due to some of their uh, uh, COVID tests, some of their uh, injuries, whatever it was, I think they would have been well within their right to not play that game, and that didn't happen. They, they knew what they were up against. They were shorthanded. They were going on the road against the number one team in the country, and they showed up. And props to him for that, but uh, it was a dominating effort, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, I, and I enjoyed the shade thrown at um, thrown at LSU and thrown at Florida State. Little cross cross uh, or intra division, intra conference shade thrown. And uh, you know, I talked a little bit of the, about this to you off air. I was 
so irritated when Bama kicked off. I had a big, te- I had one big tease for the week. Um, I had Auburn at a pick'em. I had Oregon at a minus four and a half, and it, I think it kicked off at two thirty. But my tease was already dead in water because Ohio State could not manage to beat Indiana by ten and a half points after leading thirty-five to seven. So couple that with Kentucky just getting yards upon yards at will in the first quarter. And I, I stayed pissed the whole game. And it sucks I stayed pissed the whole game because it was a great game. I mean, we we thoroughly <laughs> dominated. After the first quarter, they got 121 yards in the first quarter. They finished with 170 yards total. I think that's 49 yards after the first quarter they got. Oh, back on the wagon, I see. Uh, hey. Two of 13 on third down, 12 total first downs. And just, just a great performance by Bama. You know, and like we've said with Bama – uh, like we've said with Ohio State, even though they didn't make the winner's list, and, and I guess you include Notre Dame in that, right now you win, you're undefeated, you advance, you're going to be in the winner's column. And, uh, you know, Florida is our second winner. They struggled early but won going away. And here's where you know that as a quarterback and an offensive ball club you have arrived. Trask had a disappointing uh, – I said that tongue-in-cheek, but he – it was a ho-hum kind of, oh, Trask only threw for three touchdowns and almost 400 yards. That's how good he's been this year is three touchdowns and under 400 yards is a slight disappointment. Um, but they played Vandy, and I, I think – I didn't look at the stats. I think Vandy got a decent amount of yards rushing on them. You know, it's it boils down. Florida is looking at Atlanta. Bama is looking at Atlanta. Can Florida beat us? To, to listen to a lot of talk radio today – uh, people don't think they can. I, I think they, they're going to – if I had to bet that game, I'm betting the over for sure. The over is probably going to be 62, 64, 66 points. And I think they'll score, but I do not think they can stop us. Najee healthy, Devontae Smith healthy. Uh, great job putting Devontae out there up 49-3, to three, fielding a punt. Oh Bri- brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, but I, I don't think I, – I think it could turn into an Ole Miss where we win 63-48. to 48. We're a little pissed off, but, hey, we're in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> again, I have some luxuries that you probably didn't uh, get this weekend, and, and I was able to watch almost the entire Florida-Vanderbilt game and there was a reason I watched almost the entire game because the game never was truly over. Now I don't. I'm not going to sit here and think, you know, make you think that I thought uh, Vanderbilt was going to win that game in the second half at any point. But in the first half, it was very competitive. Uh, Vanderbilt had the lead for. Uh, well, they went. They went to the second quarter with the lead. Uh, it was tied until late second quarter, and they were only down by seven and a half. And, and they moved the ball well. And and that's and you hit on it because of the over, and that's what you were alluding to was Florida's weakish defense. And Vanderbilt, by every everybody, I'm talking about there's not one person in the country who watches college football that doesn't say that Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC by far. I mean, they're they're the only winless team in the SEC. But, you know, they moved the ball well in the first half. Even in the second half, Vanderbilt only had four possessions in the second half. They had one touchdown drive. They had a six-play drive and a punt, a 12-play drive and a punt, and an eight-play drive and an interception. So even in the second half – uh, they they moved the ball well 
And they were, I mean, you know, they were never a danger of winning that game. They were never going to win that game. Florida's yeah. too good for them. They make no bones about it. But Florida's going to have to find some defense somewhere uh, because Trask is good. Florida is good. And, and good is an understatement. Don't let, don't let me, don't let me uh, you know, talk him down a little bit. He is really, really good. But you've got to be able to get off the field in some instances. And it's uh, – they're not showing me much on defense right now. You can beat a lot of teams without defense, but you've got to you've got to play at least some. And right now they're they're not doing it very well. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, our next winner is um, is Auburn. They are five and two. I mean, I just I was kind of searching for teams to put in the winners bracket, uh, the winners segment, and they're five and two. Granted, who have they beaten? You know, they lost to a bad South Carolina team. They got demolished by what has turned out to be a very suspect Georgia team but you know they're they're winning ball games and from a very embattled head coach you know are they rallying around Gus I don't think they can win this week I don't see any scenario for them winning this week and uh you know we're going to see how they finish out because they have Bama then they've got the the second place team in the west I assume A&M beats LSU uh you know this coming weekend uh should be one loss Top ten A uh, and M coming to Auburn. You know how much has Auburn got in the tank after Bama? Because they, you know, that's the the positive. There's some negatives about the process, as you know, you treat every opponent the same. And when you go to Auburn and you don't treat them like they are Auburn, you know, we've lost that game due to that. And Auburn, you know, we are we're the goal for them every year. So when and the you know the pot the, the the good thing for Auburn is they play us last game of the year. And uh, so even if normally they don't make it to Atlanta, and uh, so, you know, if they beat us or lose to us, they've got three to four weeks to get ready for their bowl game to come off that emotional high or low. So I, I just don't think they can beat A&M. You know, that's going to put them at five and four going to <clears throat> Starkville in a makeup game <laughs> where Auburn – all right, listen, no offense to any of my family members, nobody <laughs> wants to be in Starkville in December. And uh, odds are it's going to be breakfast <laughs> with the barn. And, uh, you know, if they're five and four coming off back-to-back losses, not anything to play for. Mississippi State looked a lot better against Georgia. We'll, uh, we'll slide in there in the loser segment in just a minute with Georgia. Um, you know, they could finish five and five. So where does Auburn – you know, we put them in the winner's bracket this, uh, this week. Uh, I think this will be their last, uh, their last stint here. Yeah, and, you know, you have them in the winner's bracket, and I almost would have preferred to see Tennessee in the loser's bracket. Not that we didn't know that Tennessee was already struggling mightily, but that game was the epitome of Auburn football. It was the absolute epitome of it. Tennessee won every stat line in that game. They out-threw the ball. They out-rushed the ball. They played better defense. They did everything better than Auburn except for two critical things. One, Tennessee coaching staff called the worst game I've ever seen in life. They were literally running between the tackles for 8 to 12 yards a pop 
And on multiple occasions, they would they would start out on their side of the field. They would run it up the gut four, five, six times in a row. They would get all the way down into Auburn territory or into the red zone. Cue the passing game. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I tell you, I just didn't understand. I'm like, dude, y'all have run it every play. And and there was no – it wasn't like they were just sneaking through. They were just pounding through there. I mean, I think Davis ended up at eight and a half yards per carry. Yeah. And then they would get down there and just try to outsmart themselves, outthink themselves. And, and oh, they're expecting run this time, and so we're going to throw it. I don't care if you're expecting run. If you're running it for eight yards a clip, I'm coming up the line of scrimmage and saying, hey, we're going to run it again, guys, right, right here, <laughs> off of you. And they they didn't do that. They they tried to get tricky or cutesy or whatever you want to call it down there, and 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 so or, so that's one. But the other thing is, man, Guantanamo is terrible. Yeah, he is. Those are just some poor decisions. Uh, as a as a quarterback, you also have to realize when your running game is so dominant that. Man, I can afford to throw this ball away. I don't have to force something in here. I don't have to make a play. We are killing them on the ground. Instead, you know, like you said, he just throws it right there into the uh, waiting arms of the coolest name in football, and he catches it and it's gone. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, at that point, in, at that point in the game, the score was thirteen to ten, Auburn. Yeah, yeah. And Tennessee literally, and that was late third, I think, or early fourth. And Tennessee was grinding it at, again, eight yards a carry. If they score there and they're up 17 13, that's a different game. I mean, Auburn, Auburn's, uh, you know, they score on the pick six there, and instead of being down four, they're up 10. Yeah, and they end up winning the game. What by thirteen? So yeah, yeah. Auburn only managed another field goal the rest of the way. If if Tennessee's up for Auburn doesn't win the game unless I mean obviously there's you know different game plan and play whatever, but that's true on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So a huge huge turning point there with the pick six, but it was it was caused not only by a bad quarterback play, but just awful play calling. That, that was very disappointing to me. Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've said it uh, on this podcast. I've said it on the uh, radio show I used to have, is when you go to Auburn, your team and your coach, you're going to do stuff that is inexplicable, and you're never going to do it the rest of the year. And like you said, you know, run, 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 success, success, success. Hey, let's pass. Let's fool them right here. Let's pass. And it just it backfired. So uh, that wraps up our winners. Let's look at our losers. I've got uh, Georgia and I've got Clemson. And the reason I've got Georgia, they won the ball game. They're five and two, same as Auburn. Or they might have had a cancellation. Maybe they're four and two. I don't know. They got two losses. I know that. But, you know, all the praise is going for JT Daniels. But Georgia is and, – and he did. He threw for uh, 408 yards, 400 and something yards and four touchdowns. But Georgia is a rushing football team, the same way Bama is a rushing football team. And, uh, you know, even with Tua, we had great runners. And uh, Georgia had eight yards rushing. And not only that, if I'm not mistaken, Mississippi State took eight – or 49 scholarship players to Athens – 
Mississippi State scored have have in games this year. They scored two points one game and zero points another game. Ooh, ooh, that was our game. And they throw up twenty four at Athens. And I mean, where's their defense gone? You know, and that's what you know. The Georgia win for Bama and Florida that was you know kind of a, a feather in our cap. Uh, or chipping our purse, some might say. I don't. I don't see that anymore. You know, I just. Uh, you know, it's fool's gold. To, to and to me too, it's fool's gold for Georgia to think that JT Daniels is the answer. You know, why isn't? Why wasn't he playing earlier in the year? Uh, you know, was it due to not being cleared? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but he. They are not what they should be based on their recruiting rankings. And based on preseason hype, they they are very disappointing, and uh, there's no way that state should have played. That line was 24 and a half, and Georgia scored 31. It's hard to cover 24 and a half, only scoring 31. It's not impossible, but it's darn hard. It's tough, you know. And you hit on exactly what I was talking about with, <clears throat> or what I was thinking. Georgia had eight rush yards. Mississippi State only had 22. <laughs> they had 30 combined they tripled them seen, up though buddy that's right i hadn't seen that poor of a rush game since we formed i tap a keg in college uh, <laughs> it was it was it was bad yeah and you mentioned the same thing about uh daniels and the georgia fan base and i was sitting here watching the game saturday and I almost te- texted you and Gober when I was – and I got carried away with something and, and I forgot to do it. But I was watching that game, and it was back and forth the whole game. And I almost texted y'all, man, it really looks like Georgia may have mailed it in for the year. That's what I, my text was going to be. It, it was, you know, Georgia had taken their second loss to Florida, and they've – threw their hands up and said, well, that's it. We got nothing left to play for. And it looked like they had mailed it in. And then I wake up Sunday morning, and I'm on a few of the uh, Reddit college football message boards, and Georgia fans are ecstatic. (laughs) They have just found their next Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, and this guy's fixing to throw all over the field to everybody that that uh, gets in his way. He is the next thing. And I'm like, what game are y'all watching? Dude, yeah. I just y'all just beat Mississippi State. <laughs> like know, you said, right? they, they, they averaged one point per game in the two games that you were talking about. <laughs> uh, and I was just flabbergasted at the spin – and don't get me wrong, it's, yeah, four four touchdowns and 400 yards, that gets you in the Heisman uh, Trophy conversation, but it don't if you play Mississippi State every week. Uh, they just go ask the, the, the guys that are in the Sunbelt Conference. That's not that's not how you get there. So I, I don't know what exactly they were thinking there. And, you know, you mentioned why he hadn't played and whether it was injury or something. <clears throat> I listened to part of Kirby Smart's uh, interview after the game uh, or the next day, whenever it was, and and they were asking him about that. And he basically said, he broke it down and basically said, hey, and he's a a good spin artist, so it's, it's hard to nail him down, but he basically said that, hey, 
there's me and a lot of very experienced coaches in that room, and we frankly didn't think that uh, he'd give us the best chance to win up to this point. That's what he said. Uh, and so I don't think it was entry. I think he was almost apologizing for him playing so well after they were starting someone else is what it sounded like. I think, you know, if, if I was going to take that angle, I think I would have went up there and said, hey, look, sometimes you just don't know when a guy's a gamer. Some people don't practice well and they get in the game and they play well. Um, those people don't get a lot of opportunities unless they're forced into action. But that's not what he said. He basically said, hey, we evaluated and up to this point he was not our best option. So eh, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, it sounds like to me somebody's going to have to evaluate the evaluators. But, you know, and I think we we talked about Kentucky, you know, being shorthanded due to COVID and other, you know, type situations. And Mississippi State, from what I have, the little little research I've done and basically just listening to, uh, you know, the talking heads on television, I think it's safe to say Kentucky and Mississippi State were kind of in the same boat from a personnel standpoint. And both teams were on the road. Uh, one team played the favorite in the uh, the West. One team played the preseason favorite in the East. Uh, the team in the West won by 60, and the team in the East won by seven. So, I, you know, Georgia's just not what we thought they were going to be. And, uh, you know, hey, that's all right. They've always got next year. And uh, our last loser is Clemson. And the reason they're losers is because – they got COVIDed at the eleventh hour. It's uh, it sounds like the game should have been played. I think uh, Florida State pulled on LSU. They didn't want to get their ass beat. And why it hurts them more than anything is it, it basically eliminates Trevor from the Heisman Trophy uh, race. And I know they're probably you know they might make these games up. Like Clemson does not want to make this game up. You know they want that bye before the ACC championship game, so they're going to lose a game. Uh, you know, and I don't. They might have lost one already, but. The thing is, Trask and Mac have played. You know, Trevor's not played since, um, gosh, when? Yeah, October I mean, 31st? Yeah, well, um, it was a week before the Notre Dame week, game, yeah, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> that was three, yeah, working on four weeks. And I don't think this will happen, but let's just say that – that you know, because COVID is kind of out of hand from a, a national, pers- you know, national standpoint, and it's not. They're treating it like they're treating it like something that it's not. But they're going to continue to treat it that way. So what's to say that the powers that be, like, look, we we're you know we're in trouble. This COVID is out of hand. The only way we can crown a national champion is we gotta we gotta shut it down. We gotta select four teams and play the playoffs. Then that's it. Everything else is canceled. I don't think that'll happen. But what if it does? Uh, Clemson's got a loss. <laughs> Notre Dame yeah, does right. not. You know, yeah. ACC champ is in. That will be Notre Dame. Bama would be in, and then Ohio State would be in, and then you know we could we could argue till uh, till this time next year on who the the fourth deserving team would be. But and we'll try to do that a little later in the podcast. But that that's the main thing with Clemson is they are uh, you know they're behind the eight ball in the Heisman Trophy race and trying to get to the playoffs. Yep. Let's get to the game of the week. Well, let's do it, bro. Uh, we got the Iron Bowl this week. Game of the week, no surprise there. Bama twenty four and a half point favorites. And uh, I'll let you go ahead and start with this one. Well, I've got a lot of uh, <clears throat> tidbits. You know, 
on, on paper, this game. Well, if you're if you're looking at Vegas paper, this game is not close. If you're looking at statistical advantages, you know I, I look and Bama is currently second overall, and of course this is conference only. Second overall in the conference in total offense, Auburn is sixth. Bama is now one number one overall in total defense. Auburn is number three, though, respectable number three. Points per game, which is a, a big, big indicator. Uh, Alabama is number one in the conference with a huge number, 49.4 points per game. That's a huge number. Uh, Auburn is seventh. And those, those numbers are – I just listed those three big – categories and Auburn is third, sixth, and seventh. That's not terrible. It's from a, just a pure statistical uh, uh, you know a- analysis there. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you look at the eyeball test and, and you start looking at where Auburn is offensively, defensively, and just watching them play, you would think, man, you know, they're they're probably close to the bottom in offense. They're, you know, they're probably middle of the pack in defense. And, and the reality is, is they're they're upper echelon defense, and they're sort of in the middle of offense. Yeah. Now, that's the plus for them. The minus for them is that comparatively. Auburn is yet to play the toughest part of their schedule, and you alluded to it a while ago. Auburn has really hung their hat and gotten a lot of undue respect. If they, if people listen to this podcast, they'd know, they'd know the difference because of the LSU game. LSU is not a good football team. No. We, we've discussed that at length, but they get a lot of credit for blowing them out. Now, don't get me wrong. You're supposed to blow out bad football teams. That's what good football teams do, so... Let's not take that away from them, but it wasn't really a measuring stick like people thought it was. And I look through here, Alabama and Auburn have four common opponents so far. Usually we have, at least by this time this year, we usually have six or seven, depending on whether or not we have a common cross-conference rival mm-hmm. Uh so we used to have six or seven by the time we play. This year we only have four, and and part of that is because we had the postponement for the LSU game. We would have had five. But for the four, the first one was Kentucky. Auburn beat them 29-13 in the opener. We already discussed that one. That was the pick six there on the goal line that changed the whole complexity of the Auburn game. Alabama squeaked by them by 60. Uh, <laughs> Georgia... Auburn got hammered 27-6 for one of their two losses. Uh, Alabama beat them by 17. Ole Miss, similar numbers here. Uh, Auburn held Ole Miss actually to 28 points, uh, 35-28, one by seven. Alabama won a shootout 15-point game. Closest game of the year for Alabama, 15-point victory uh, (laughs) against Ole Miss. And then their last common opponent was Tennessee, which we talked about earlier, the way that game went down for Tennessee. Uh, Auburn did win 30-17. to Alabama hammered them 48-17. to So 
if you start just going down the line comparing them, this is not a good matchup for Auburn. It's, uh, you know, they have trouble. They have trouble uh, playing defense, particularly physical defense, but they haven't been tested with quarterback play very much because they have avoided Florida so far. They played Ole Miss fairly well, but if I remember right, didn't Ole Miss throw a bunch of interceptions in that game? Uh, um, they threw one in the end zone, yeah, for sure, yeah. you know, going in to score. So, so. really the, the only quarterback that Auburn has played this year uh, is going to be Ole Miss. You know, they they avoided Florida so far. They hadn't played Mond at Texas A&M. They hadn't mm-hmm. played us yet. They haven't played the prolific offenses. No, Their defensive no. numbers are, are good, like I said, in the upper echelon statistically, but they still have the number one team, the number six team, and then I forget who their last game Mississippi is. Mississippi State. I don't know if you, do you – oh, State, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, so they they still have some work to do, and like you said, that they could they could end up in that five and five spot. So, you know, uh, twenty four is a big number. I love it when it's a big number. Uh, it's my favorite number when it's a big number. And usually, traditionally, historically, if Alabama's favored by a big number over Auburn, they typically win by a big number. I mean, yeah. it stands to reason. But when it's close, I mean, they're, they're subject to lose. If Alabama's favored by 10 or less, they're subject to lose the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't see them, I don't see them losing this game, but I do see them potentially looking close to close to covering that number, if not blowing it out of the water. Yeah. I, I swear you you covered everything I had written down. I, I, I did a nice right, little – let's move on. I did a nice little <laughs> chart, and I had our, our passing. And that's what's great about this year is it, we're, we're like the NFL <laughs> because we're only playing conference teams. So if you rank first in the conference, you legitimately rank first in the conference because – you know, if you're first on offense, you didn't play the Citadel and Middle Tennessee State and, uh, you know, Florida Atlantic you and padded your stats. Like, you beat SEC quality ball clubs. So, uh, that's pretty cool this year. And yep. we, we outrank them. The closest, the closest I could find was rushing. We're fourth and rushing. They're fifth. And, um, you know, points scored, we're, we're first. They're seventh. And then points allowed, we're allowing 19.29 per game. They're allowing 24 per game. But take out that Ole Miss game for us, and our our uh, average drops a good bit because that you know, was just a, a definitely an outlier, as they like to call it in the business. But I will add this. Um, <laughs> Auburn has injuries. You know, Tank Bigsby got hurt, got a hip horner or something other. He got tossed, you know. It, it looks innocent enough because we're so used to seeing violent hits, but you think he was flung over the pile and he was in like a – like a sideways Superman position, if it makes any sense. You know, he didn't really – he didn't get to put his arm down to uh, to brace his fall. And, I mean, he's probably two and a half, three feet off the ground. And, yeah, he's a lot younger than me and you. But, you know, if you put me – if you held me up sideways three feet and dropped me on my hip, that's going to hurt tremendously. So, I don't know his – you know, he came in, ran one more play, got 10 or 11 yards – and uh, and then you know he took himself out and got in civilian clothes for the second half. There, both tackles are injured. There's just it's not setting up. And for the for the first time in a long time, 
we are better at every position on the field, including kicker. So I, I'm, they, I might put their yep. punter over us, but place kicker, we're better. We're better than Anders Carlson, and I did not think we'd be able to say that going into this year. But better quarterback, better running backs, better defensive line, better linebackers, better defensive backs. We're just we're better all the way around. So it should, you know, we should cover the twenty four and a half. Um, not gonna, not gonna say what bet I've already put in, but. Uh, <laughs> We, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. The only thing that we're, you know, I want to see Nick's Gus Malzahn as vilified as he is. He's very smart. He knows what he's got with Nick's. He's got a gritty quarterback that loves Auburn that is going to do whatever it takes to win. And Gus puts him in position to win. You look at the game that they got blown out against Georgia. Uh, you know, he had to start going down the, the field, you know, pushing the ball down the field. He, he can't do it. Same thing with South Carolina. You know, he threw two or three picks that game. And I just want to get up 14 and I want and, and him have the ball and have to move it and, and have to do something. We, you know, we double Seth Williams. I want him to have to drop back five steps and find an open receiver because I'm not convinced he can read a defense. So uh, I've got Bama. I've got Bama pretty big. I, I, I'm going to say uh, probably 42 to 17, something like that. Hmm. That's right on the number. How about that? Well, how about that? All right, let's look at bets <laughs> from last week. I I don't know what you finished, but I got trounced. <laughs> I had Ohio State and Oregon. Neither one of them covered, and neither one of them even covered a tease line. So I went over two. <laughs> I don't. Uh, you put the question marks by my name, and I didn't go back and listen to the podcast. I was pretty uh, out of it, delirious. I don't think I won. I, I, I went one and one at best, at best, because I know I think I remember taking Arkansas again. Yeah, I think you took Arkansas. Uh, they they ended up going to a dog, but they lost both weight. You know, they lost by three yeah, or four. They, or what, they lost by three. They had every opportunity to win that game, too, by the yeah. way. Um, but um, I don't remember the other one. So we have a mystery, a mystery and one. <laughs> Well, if you took our picks, you, at best you went one and three, so apologies. At best you went a mystery and three. <laughs> All right, let's get into bets for this week. Who you got game one? Game one, I have uh, Texas A&M minus the 14. This one will get very, very ugly. A&M has never had any lost love for LSU. They, have, they are picking them up at exactly the right time. Uh surprisingly, when I was looking at the SEC standings, LSU somehow is 3-3. Three and three. I don't know how – and part of that's attributed to that wonky Arkansas game this weekend, but that they're the worst 3-3 three and three team I remember seeing in the SEC in a long time. Yeah. I think this game will get out of control very fast, and it will continue to snowball, and LSU will mail it in. This one, I could see this game being a, a 30-point A&M win. Yeah, I hope you're right. I've got a Ole Miss minus 10.5 over Mississippi State. Maybe a little dangerous pick. I don't know. It is a rivalry game. It is uh, it is at Ole Miss. And, uh, but I just – State is Jekyll and Hyde right now. I don't think that they can, uh, they can get another 24 against anybody. I don't know how they did it against Georgia, but I'm taking Ole Miss. Lay the 10.5, bet big. <laughs> uh, my second game, I'm going to go with Florida. 
they did not get the cover versus Vandy last week. But they're going to catch Kentucky at a, at a good time because Kentucky's going to be in no hurry to get some of those players back on the field that, that may still be injured or still may be symptomatic. And after last weekend's game, which is going to be very, very demoralizing, they're not going to really feel like they have a lot to play for in my mind. And on top of that, Florida's going to think they need to keep up with the Joneses. You know, they they had a little ho-hum effort against Vanderbilt and have seen Alabama put 60-point win against Kentucky just a week before. I think they'll be shooting for that. So I was a little bit surprised this line was as low as it was, Florida minus the 23. Um, so I think Florida will do everything they can to, to pad that number. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, I, I, had the, I did not have them written down, but I definitely would lean that way. If nothing else, it's what you said. You know, they're going to try to, to make a statement. We won by 60. You know, they need to try to try to get up there and definitely in the 40s or so. My last game, wrong team favored, Tom Sims. Wrong That's team favored. Penn State. Penn State plus two over Michigan. They're going to win straight up, baby. Oh. Penn State has got to get a win. They're 0-5. They were your dark horse to make the playoffs. That ship has sailed. <laughs> But Penn State <laughs> comes out victorious in Ann Arbor. You heard it here first. <laughs> I wanted to give a bonus pick because, you know, of course, I stay in conference. But North Carolina, I thought that's – I was hoping that's where you were going. You didn't. Wrong team favored. Notre Dame, four-point favorite over North Carolina. Yeah, I saw that. That is very, four. very interesting. Uh, and that's at Chapel Hill. I know, I know you're shocked. I feel like there's a few teams that never travel – the Yankees, I don't think they ever get out of Yankee Stadium. I've never seen the Lakers play an away game, and I hardly ever see – Duke never plays in, in basketball. Duke never leaves uh, uh, Durham. And uh, and then – is that where they're at, Durham? That don't sound right. Uh, Cameron, whatever. Cameron whatever Indoor. They always play Cameron Indoor. And Notre Dame always plays at, at home at South Bend. So, I don't know how they managed – I don't know how North Carolina managed to wrestle that away from them. But, yeah, that's a good pick. My my bonus pick was Vandy plus 12. Uh, Tennessee is just – they've lost five straight. And I don't know that they – Vandy's improved every week. They have uh, – they played better. They played better against Florida. Tennessee is – Guantano is just not that good. So, uh, if you want to do that six-game parlay you've been banking on, there's your six picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well – Take it to the bank. That is we, – actually, we did not go over, in my opinion. We're at 46 minutes. That's not bad at all. So, we're going to close it out here. No. If you're traveling from Tuscaloosa to Auburn this weekend, go south till you smell it, then east till you step in it. And to quote the late, great Harvey Updike, roll down tide. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. <laughs>